This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hail Varsity Radio, every weekday afternoon from 4 to 6 p.m. On Thursday, show from counterread.com, Brandon Vogel, former Colorado football head coach Gary Barnett, and staff writer for The Athletic, Mitch Sherman, that and more. Hail Varsity Radio is the best sports talk radio show around. Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal have you covered every weekday, 4 to 6 p.m. with Hail Varsity Radio. You're listening to Hurt at Sports Radio. Return is on. Dodges one man. Gets away from him at the 35 on his feet to the 40. To midfield. Look out. Shooter will go all the way. 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown. Steve Shooter. 74 yards. Gets the quick snap before Maryland can get set. Back pedaling his suitor. Looks up to take it. He'll get it at the old, his old 23. Up to the 30, to the 35, to the 40. Running for the sidelines. The 40, the 45, midfield. The 45, the 40. Shooter down to the 35, the 30. 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown. Steve Shooter, 77 yards. Wrapping up hour number three here on Herd at Sports Radio. I'm Ravi Lula, Andrew Rogers with me. We're on AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities, and KFOR in Lincoln. We are joined now by Maryland analyst and former player Steve Suter. Steve, how are you this morning? I'm good, man. You put a smile on my face, that's for sure, with those playbacks. That is, hey, that's uh, all Shane. Say, that's all our guy Shane there uh, producing. Um, you know, obviously, listen, you had a, had a had a nice career at Maryland. It's got to gotta be good to go back in the uh, the time machine and listen to some of those. Yeah, sure. I do. <laughs> that's Johnny Holiday, though. Still sounds just like that now, even 20 years later. <laughs> <That's a legend. laughs> those play-by-play guys tend to have that same voice for the time they're about 20 to 70 there. So, um, Steve, we appreciate you joining us here uh, to preview Nebraska and Maryland. Um, obviously kind of a strange season for Maryland so far. They got off to the great start, 5-0, and have hit the skids a little bit since then with four straight losses. Is that, in your mind, just a, a product of the competition changing, or what's happened from the start of the season to now that's led Maryland to where they are? I think you got to factor that in a little bit with the, the competition changing, but I think they just have been playing out of character for the last five weeks. They mentioned they started off 5-0, and and then they went up and played a really good first half at Ohio State where I thought they were the dominant team for the whole first half. I didn't think Ohio State had them 
outnumbered in the trenches or overpowered them in the trenches. They were winning the line of scrimmage, and it was looking real positive for everybody that went up there as a Maryland fan and for us in the broadcast. And then the wheels just kind of came off the cart there at the end of the first half and then led into the second half. And then since then, I think they just have had this hangover. They didn't play well against Illinois, and I think they were the better team. Same goes with Northwestern. I think they were the better team there, and they just let that game slip away. They, It looked like it was going to be a route. They go up and they score a very easy first drive, about six or seven plays, everything they wanted to do worked. And then Talia, on their second possession, throws the ball. It slips out of his hands. Northwestern gets an interception on the 10-yard line, and they just – that turned the game on its head, and they've never been able to come out of it. So, yeah, got to be a little bit of competition there, but I just think Maryland has – lost their character and their sense of what got them to be 5-0, and and they just have not been able to turn it around. Steve, Maryland, though, still has a strong advantage in scoring offense, pass offense, and total offense opposed to Nebraska. Is this focus, or is the focus, I should say, for the Terps to score and score often against an inconsistent offensive team, or will there be a more strategic way to control the clock against a really good Nebraska defense? I'm going to go with the first point there. There, Maryland has not shown all season that they care about controlling the clock, and then for one reason, they can't run the ball. It's they just can't run the ball. I don't know if you saw the stats against Penn State last week. They were including sack yardage, and we all know sack yards can be included in total team rushing. But they were at minus 50 yards for the game. The longest run that they had, Hendy's longest run, their starting running back was one yard, and then Littleton, their backup, had his longest carry was zero. So the, Billy Edwards came in, the backup quarterback, at the end of the game, and he had a little scramble for four yards, and he was the team's leading rusher. So they're not a ball-control offense, and they, they're not going to just turn into one. They try to manufacture their run game with their short passing game and their screen game. You'll see a lot of wide receiver screens probably where they get look to get four or five yards, and I think they think that's an extension of their run game. We were talking in the broadcast last week. Just you know, just give up on the run. You don't hear people say that, but I <laughs> I didn't want to see them call a run play the rest of the game. And just, let's just live and die by Talia drop it back and see what happens. And that game was really weird as well. The Penn State he starts out and he ties the Division One record this season for starting the game seventeen for seventeen, and he could have broke it. The five yard pass for number eighteen got dropped by Caden Prather, and then. You you look up the scoreboard and like, why is it 21-7 and Talia hasn't missed a receiver for the whole game? He's already got 180 yards thrown <laughs> in the, early in the second quarter. And then you realize, oh, well, they went for it on fourth down in the first possession. They turned it over on their 50-yard line. And then the second possession, they're driving the ball down the field and Ty felt one of their receivers fumbles. So just those kind of things, getting in themselves, getting in their own way, they have talent. But I know that was a long-winded answer, but no, do not expect – Maryland to try and ball control. They want to score as fast as they can, whenever they can. You know, Steve, it's kind of funny because the Nebraska might be the bizarro Maryland in the sense of every time Nebraska drops back to pass, I think everyone in the state is just going, oh, God, just please run the ball, and you're the exact opposite. Um, so this, yes, this could make it's a, little ironic. a very strange uh, game in terms of style and tempo. Um, but from what you've seen of Nebraska, you know, you mentioned that pass offense, and Tagovailoa has um, been super productive again this year. Uh, what are has there been anything you've seen from Nebraska's defense that you think might be challenging for that Maryland offense? 
I think it's going to be up front. Maryland's offensive line was a question mark going into the season, and I think they've continued to be a question mark throughout the year. They've had a – they did not know, and when I say they, the coaching staff, they didn't know who their starting five was going to be. They had three departures at the end of last season. A couple went to the NFL, and another guy transferred to LSU, excuse me, and then their what would be starting center, he transferred to TCU. So they had four departures that had substantial playing time behind them, and they had to bring in a bunch of transfers to see if they could replace it. Now, Coach Loxley's done that through the portal, but he does it from the FCS level. He, he's, I've heard him talk about how he likes getting guys that want to come up and prove themselves in the FCS level. Now, I don't. that's his philosophy now. I think that might change going down the road because I don't think it's worked. They've, they've not only not known who the starting five are going to be at the starting season, but they also didn't know what position each one would play. We've had hmm. right tackles playing left guard and left guard playing right guard and right tackles playing left tackle so it's been a mismatch of players up there and I don't think they've been able to get the continuity Penn State really exposed them from a protection standpoint they they do some very exotic blitzing when they blitz from the secondary level and they had some most of almost every third down they would just have one and I'm speaking of Penn State one D lineman with his hand in the dirt and the rest of the five were standing in two-point stance so it was really confusing Maryland's offensive line the protection broke down so that's the matchup I look at almost every game, and so I think Nebraska, if they want to get after Talia, it's going to start up front, and if you can confuse that offensive line at the inexperience, then you'll have a good shot at doing it. Steve, Maryland holds a 3-6 and six record against the spread, enters as a two-point favorite on the road coming to Nebraska. I haven't been paying too close of attention to Maryland's literal gameplay on the road outside of um, – you know, just bits and pieces that I see. Uh, but their record is still 1-2 and two, um, away from College Park. And, they, and again, we talk about it. They've lost their last four. Does it surprise you to see a line like that for this team? Uh, you know what? It does. They've been favored in almost every Big Ten game except Penn State and Ohio State. And I think it's accurate because I do think they've been the better team. Let's go back to Illinois with Michigan State. I think they were better than them on the field, and they ended up getting that. And I think they were the better team against Illinois from a talent perspective, and I feel the same against Northwestern. They have played well on the road. Michigan State was a good game for them, and they started out Northwestern well. The environment there at Northwestern, I'm sure you've been to, that was that was tough. That was a high school mm-hmm. environment. Mm-hmm. If there was 5,000 fans there, I'd, I'd be shocked. <laughs> so that was, that was one of those try to get yourself up and get motivated without the environment helping you there. So maybe that played a part in it or not. I don't think that'll be the case in Nebraska. I think they'll be able to use the environment and the amount of fans there yelling to their advantage to at least maybe get their adrenaline pumped, which I think they've had a slow time of as late this season. Steve, on the defensive side for Maryland, where are some areas that you think can be strengths against Nebraska, and where's an area you have a concern? I'll start with the area of concern, and that is containing any type of quarterback that can run the ball and move the ball with his feet. They do not do well the front four from Maryland. When they rush and get pressure, they're not very disciplined at where the pressure's coming from and staying in their lanes as far as containing. So they've been burned a lot on third down where quarterbacks have been able to break the pocket and move the chains via their feet. And your quarterback is very athletic in that nature as well. So I, that poses a very strong concern that they will not be able to contain Harburg from running and scrambling, even when he's 
elects to drop back and pass and maybe Maryland secondary is covering the route concept, I still feel Horbury is going to be able to move the ball with his feet and move the chains to extend drives. So that would be frustrating. I bet, I can, well, I bet. I really think that defensive coordinator Brian Williams is going to have a steady dose of an extra guy in the box and run man coverage and just think that his secondary can match up with your outside receivers and they can sustain one-on-one coverage with them throughout the game. You'll, you'll probably see that 80% of the time, maybe even more. That's been his philosophy all year. I haven't always agreed with it, but he's been living and dying by bringing pressure and leaving his secondary one-on-one. Steve, and then oh, go ahead. Throw in, I'm sorry, I'll just throw in a special player if you want to pay attention to a guy. He'll probably get drafted. He's, he's probably a second, third round, maybe fourth at the latest, but Bo Braid, their safety number two, Maryland. He's, he's probably their best player on defense and a guy that always catches my eye. So. Steve, to watch out for. Steve, I'll make this really short because we got about 30 seconds here. But say you were on the call last week when Nebraska was calling fair catch on every single punt return. How much would that have pained you to see, knowing <laughs> that you were such a strong special teams guy? Well, it pains me every time I see Maryland do it. And I will say this. This is a, a statistic that's not in the record book anywhere, but I never fair caught one punt my entire career. So that is, mm, of all the, fun fact. Of the records I hold, that's a, that is my fun fact, for sure. Yeah, and, and so you, you, it, it pains me a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and you do hold plenty of them, including a tie for the most pun returns for a single season in NCAA history. Steve, it was terrific talking to you. I uh, hope you enjoy your time in Nebraska and on the call on Saturday. And uh, maybe we'll catch you again down the line. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. Hey, thanks, Steve. That's Steve Suter, uh, analyst for Maryland football, former uh, Maryland football player as well. That's our show for today. Tomorrow, Big Football Friday. Lots coming up here on Herd Sports Radio. Hail Varsity Radio, every weekday afternoon from 4 to 6 p.m. On Thursday, show from counterread.com, Brandon Vogel, former Colorado football head coach Gary Barnett, and staff writer for The Athletic, Mitch Sherman, that and more. Hail Varsity Radio is the best sports talk radio show around. Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal have you covered every weekday, 4 to 6 p.m. with Hail Varsity Radio.